rest of the year and hopefully the rest of our lives where we really understand the power of prayer. All of us at some point have had a, an encounter with that, with that understanding and we've seen a prayer work, but never maybe have you seen it work consistently and knowing that that's the go-to. I'm guilty of this and we're all guilty of this, that many times we have a problem or a need or a situation and prayer many times is the third or fourth thing we go to. Can you say amen? I mean, we try to do things on our own. We try to fix things on our own. We try to do it in our own ability. And then when we can't, we realize I can't do it, then we pray. Well, what would happen if we'd pray first? We wouldn't have to hurt ourselves or get ourselves in trouble or realize that we can't do it ourselves. And I want to go over a couple of key verses tonight before I go into some other things that are about praying and fasting. But this is really powerful, and I need to get there myself. Jeremiah 29, uh, 13, close to one of my favorite verses, which we all know is that God knows his thoughts, he thinks towards us. But we don't read on in the next couple of verses that are so powerful. Um, in 13, I want you, let's, let's look at 12 and 13, actually. He says, you will call upon me, that's what we do when we pray, and go and pray to me, and look how awesome this is. And I will listen to you. How, how many don't realize tonight, and we need to realize, that this is God, the creator of the universe, telling us he'll listen to us. You know, a lot of times we don't feel like we have anybody listening to us. So I've heard people say, no one listens to me. Well, guess what? God is listening to you. You don't need anybody else to listen to you. Amen? And again, what we do so many times is we try to talk to, and there's, hey, it's great to talk to your spouse, great to talk to your family members, great to talk to your friends, but we talk to each other, and the last person we talk to is God, and a lot of times the people around us aren't listening, but God is like, hey, I'm here if you want to talk. Whenever you get done talking to everybody else, here I am. So he says, I will listen. If you call upon him and pray to him, he will listen. God is not going to close his ears to us. He's not, he's not too busy for us tonight. Amen? He is up there, and I want to quote this again from Sunday night because it's such a powerful thought uh, that Smith Wigglesworth quotes. He says, God is more eager to answer our prayers than we are to ask. How many believe that tonight? He, he, he wants to answer our prayers. He is, he is a good God. He's an awesome God, a powerful God, a loving God, and he wants to answer our prayers, but he wants us to do it the way he asks. So he says, pray to me, and I'll listen to you. And then look at 13. This is an awesome truth. He says, and you will seek me. You will seek me and find me. Now, when we seek, we have to seek until we find it's not a two-second thing or two-minute thing. I'm going to challenge you this 21 days if you really want to see. You know what you're going to see this 21 days? I'm going, to, I'm going to throw this out to you. You know what you're going to see this 21 days? You're going to see what you put into it. Whatever you put into it, it, it might be, it, it's going to be good no matter what. That's the good thing. It's not going to be bad. It's going to be good no matter what. But the more you seek God and the more you press in and the more you pray and the more you fast and the more you dis destroy the carnality of your body and the more you make discipline and the more you make decisions, the more you're going to see God do. That's just a fact. Okay? And so we have to understand that he is eager to answer us. He is eager for us to find him. And he says, you will seek me and you will find me when? When you search for me with all your heart. Amen. 
Lord, anoint your word tonight for the next few minutes. I bless Every man, every woman, every child, every teenager that's here tonight, pray for the children's church tonight. Pray for the nursery. Lord, we pray for all of our churches across our fellowship that are getting ready to, to dive in this tomorrow. And a matter of fact, already, Lord, in other countries, they're, very, they're, they're already in at this 21 days because it's already tomorrow in different parts of the world. We just pray for an anointing, and we just thank you for what you're going to do. And we thank you for allowing each one of us to accept the challenge to be part of this and do something we've never done before so we can see something we've never seen before and we ask these things in Jesus name amen Isn't that awesome if we that we could do something we've never done and see something we've never seen amen and that's what we're going to see we're going to see God move and so um, I want I want to th- remind you what I said Sunday night a couple things that when I was just saying that there uh, if we'll search for him with all of our heart uh, fasting is going to be something that we're, that, that we're doing with an attitude of whatever is hindering me from praying is something I need to fast. Whatever thing, maybe it's food, maybe it's social media, maybe it's uh, your job, and I'm not saying not go to work, I'm saying it consuming you, or whatever, whatever it is, relationships, whatever is hindering you from praying is something you can fast from so that you can set aside and say, I'm going to discipline myself on this so that I can see God move in a supernatural way. Beyond what God will do corporately in your family, in our church, in your finances, in your marriage, in your relationships, the greatest thing that's going to happen in a prayer and fasting time is you're going to change. You're going to draw closer. There's no way that you can do any time of praying and fasting and not draw closer to God. You're going to hear his voice clear. It's going to be, just as, for example, as we're, as we're in these services for the next 21 days, don't be surprised that you think somehow that all of a sudden we became better singers and the songs got more anointed and everything. It's going to be your praying and your fasting. You're going to be like, wow, man, the presence of God is so strong. And not just here in church, but at home in your car. And you're going to feel a a, a closeness to God and a sensitivity to God more than ever. Why? Because you're removing the barriers that keep you from being close to God. Things that get in the way. And many of them are, most of them, I would say, are valid things. They're things that are just life. But when you begin to say, I'm going to take a challenge, and this is a challenge, 21 days of praying and fasting is a challenge. And, and I want to go back to remind everyone again that's doing this, don't, don't quit after three days. Don't quit after a week. If you feel like you're struggling and you're not doing it the way you, you want to do it, then keep doing it, but try to, try to help God walk you through it, but don't quit. Do something every day. And I was reminding you Sunday night and last Wednesday that you can do baby steps and, and for all those that are new believers, never fasted before, never prayed before, d- just, just make it simple. Make it simple and make something attainable. And then once you attain that and you see that happen, then move on to the next step. And say, so, okay, now I'm going to try. For example, if, if you tomorrow, you say, I'm going to, I mean, it's going to be tough if you're going to this, you've never prayed and fasted, and you say, tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to start off going, I'm going to go till Sunday and I'm not going to eat. It's going to be tough. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it, and I'm not saying don't do it, but it's going to be tough. It'd be smart to say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to fast a meal. I'm going to choose a meal and I'm going to fast tomorrow. And then, and then once you get that day over and you made it through that meal and you realize you will live without eating that meal and you will not die. Amen. You, you wake up the next day and you say, you know what, I might be able to do this again. And you fast another meal that next day. And then you might get to a place where you say, you know what, I think I could do two meals today. 
And what you're going to see is as you begin to discipline your body and you're staying in prayer and fasting, you're going to see that it gets easier. It's going to be hard in the beginning. I'm just telling you. It's going to be hard in the beginning. We need to fight through some of the things that will be obvious that would be irritability. You're going to fight some irritability, and we need to be conscious of that. And I'm telling you some prevention things ahead of time because we don't want to do a fast with the wrong attitude. And so if you begin to find yourself irritable, uh, you know, recognize that and realize that it's just your body that's mad at you. And, and the enemy's mad at you. There, there's not going to be anybody on the enemy's side patting you on your back that you're fasting. You know, hey, you can make it. You're going to have all kinds of, of, of struggle, just like anything that takes a sacrifice. But you're going to see that if you'll just take baby steps, that, that you'll begin to get into this and you'll begin to hit a groove. And you'll begin to start uh, noticing that you can do this. And then once you, once you hit that moment where you are beginning to feel dominion over your body, something is going to happen in your spirit that the devil's not going to like at all. Amen? And he's going to fight it, but you're going to win it. And like I said, you're going to begin to sense a closer relationship. It's going to feel like, have you, ever got, have you ever looked up at the moon when it's really big and it seems like it's just right there, you could just grab it? It's so close you could grab it. You're going to feel that closeness to God. You're going to feel his presence like you've never felt before. Again, why? Why is this so different? Because when I'm praying and fasting, I am consecrating myself to the Lord in a way that I don't do normally. Now, this would be good for us to use this 21 days, again, to set something in our lives that causes us to have a prayer life. A prayer life. There's nothing greater you can have in your life than a prayer life. Amen. Now, go over, if you would, to John chapter 15, and I want to read another verse. Uh, these are a couple of verses that Pastor Paul um, mentioned to us, and I want to just reiterate them before I uh, finish my message of some other verses back in Joel. But John chapter 15, which is a great chapter, verse 5, where John, Jesus is talking about abiding in him and, and staying in, in, in this. Um, we're going to have some testimonies during this time. Some, I believe, really right off the bat. I mean, I, I've already had some testimonies before we've even started. I've already had some things uh, be t been told to me. Uh, one example was a, a person in our church was at work and be said, I'm going to fast lunch. And, and, and they said that uh, it, that's the toughest meal for them because a lot of times at work they bring food in. And so she, she let, there went the she, it was a she. Uh, I was trying to do they. Um, they uh, uh, said, I'm not going to fat, I'm not going to be eating lunch with you guys. And, and they, they were like, got touched by her and said, hey, we'll, fa we'll fast with you. And so that's already a testimony where that person can be making an impact at their work. Amen. That's, that's a powerful thing. Amen. Already before it's even started. So you're going to see that people are going are gonna to catch on. Now, this is the thing. That's, that's, that's different because that person is establishing to their workplace, hey, don't offer me food. But the one thing we not, we don't try, we're not trying to do in this is to announce to the whole world what we're doing. We're, we're doing this for God. Amen? And, and there's actually, I'm not even going to get into that tonight, but there's actually scripture that says when you pray and fast, you know, don't, don't uh, show the frowny face and, and don't, you know, don't look like your sockets are going in from the eyes, you know, and don't walk around like you're going to faint, you know. Don't get, come off as you're fasting. Try to wash your face and try to act like you're good and just go through it. And, and it's, it's something, again, between you and the Lord. Now, we all know we're doing this for 21 days, and we're going to encourage each other. 
But again, it goes back to having the right heart. So Jesus says in John 15, verse 5, this is a powerful truth. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. I don't know about you, but I want to bear a lot of fruit. Now watch this statement. For without me, you can do nothing. He did not say, for without me, you can do a few things or you know, you're going to be able to go so far. He says, if I'm not involved, you can't do anything. So we need to involve the Lord in this, amen? But, so, so what did Jesus say to his disciples when they said, Lord, this is tough. How can we do this? He says, hey, what's impossible for man is possible for, the, for me, for Jesus, amen? And so this takes us to a dimension that word dimension, this takes us to another level, a place of, of breakthrough, a place of fruit, a place of growth, a place of miracles that we could never get to by ourselves, but we're tapping into a power that God has established and laid out. Now, we already have a power involved in our lives on our daily basis just being saved. We're already, we already have a great anointing upon us. But when we begin to pray and fast, something supernatural happens. And look what, look what it says in 6 and 7. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But watch this. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, this is a powerful statement, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. It shall be done for you. That should get you excited. That God wants to do the desires of your heart. So if I'm abiding in the Lord and I'm obeying his word, and so how much more would this, would this factor take place if I begin to say, you know what, for 21 days, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to do my part. Again, going back to the fact of, Every day, carry your, carry your load in the sense of it, it, maybe it's not going to be a whole day. Maybe it's not going to be three meals. Maybe it's going to be a meal, whatever. But I just ask you for the next 21 days to wake up every morning and say, I'm going to be a part of this worldwide movement. And I'm going to do something today that I don't do normally. I'm going to pray like I don't normally pray. I'm going to fast like I don't normally fast. I'm going to pray for others like I don't normally pray. I'm going to, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to, I'm going to take time to, to get along with you. And, and, and I've, I've always tried to teach you this, but this is the moment where we really need to step into this. I understand that a lot of, we're busy. I understand that we're busy, and we have a lot of places to go and a lot of things to do, but I'm going to tell you some, something that will happen even greater if, if you'll do this. Is if, if this 20, During this 21 days, you'll, you'll set aside some time alone with God somewhere, somewhere. And, and again, maybe, maybe five minutes is hard for you. Maybe you can't pray. F- make five minutes a goal. You know, like I said, this, this is more you're going to say, man, for this 21 days, I'm going to pray an hour every day. You know, and if you can't pray five minutes, it's going to be really hard to pray an hour. So how many are getting that I'm trying to teach you to do a goal that's attainable? So if you can't pray for an hour and you say, man, I'm going to pray for an hour and then you can't pray for five minutes, then you're going to get discouraged and you're not going to pray the next day. So it's better to pray five minutes every day for 21 days than to quit after three. 
So make attainable goals. But what you'll find is if you'll set some side, you need to look at your day and you need to say, Lord, where in this day is the best opportunity for me to set aside where I have the most possibility to make this happen? Don't set yourself up to fail. And find that time during the day when you can put that 10 minutes aside, put that 15 minutes aside, and, and what they call go into a prayer closet, go into your, to a room. or, or, or I, You know what? The church is, just so you know, I'm here every morning at 7. The church will be open this entire 21 days. If you want to come up here and pray with me, I'd love to have somebody praying with me. Amen? That, the church will be open. Find some place to spend time with God and, and set that side up, set time aside and, and dig in and seek the Lord and contend for the presence of God. Amen? Contend for the presence of God. And really say, Lord, I'm, I'm not just doing this. I mean, this would be the greatest goal. We all have goals. We all have all kinds of things we want to see happen. But this would be the greatest goal, that you would get closer to the Lord during this 21 days than you ever had before. And that would be pressing in in prayer. Making yourself, listen, after you start praying five minutes, your mind begins to wander. Your, 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 your thoughts begin to go someplace else. You begin to think about other things. You have to consecrate. You have to press in. And, and if anybody's noticed this, if you get past a certain time, all of a sudden, now those thoughts are not there. The thoughts are on God. All of a sudden, you're not, your mind's not wandering. You're focused. But you have to get past how many have ever seen that happen on a bike or a treadmill or, or running or anything? There's a certain time you have to get to where all of a sudden uh, adrenaline kicks in. And uh, there's another word for it that I'm not thinking of. Uh, kicks in. And you start to, start to feel that. You get that second wind. That's what God wants. That's what this means, that we would seek Him. And then He says, uh, if you abide, you can ask for whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. Now, think about this. If you say, I'll fast when God lays, lays it on my heart, you're never going to fast. You need to go into this with a plan. And maybe you don't have a plan yet. you still got four hours to figure out a plan before tomorrow. Amen? Something that, of a way that you're going to do this. So, and every day, you, you could do it different every day, but before the next day comes, this is what I'm doing today. How many, could, how many can understand that? Maybe you don't have the whole 21 days laid out, but tonight you can say, this is what I'm doing tomorrow, and I'm sticking with it. Okay? And, and what that means is, is if I say tomorrow I'm going to fast lunch, and somebody calls me and says, hey, let's go to lunch, I'm not going. I'm going to stick with that. And guess what? It'll be real likely that tomorrow someone will call you for lunch. It'll be real likely that they're going to bring food into work. It'll be real likely if you say, hey, I'm fasting breakfast tomorrow, and you have a, a, a place, what's that called in the workplace where they eat, uh, the cafeteria or break room, you just be sure there's going to be donuts tomorrow morning. Someone's going to bring donuts that never brought donuts before in their life. They're going to become generous all of a sudden, amen? And that test is going to be there, and you're going to be able to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And once you say no, listen, you don't have to tell them what you're doing, but once you get past that, something happens in your spirit. You're showing the Lord, Lord, I'm serious about this. And you get to tomorrow night, and you say, man, I made it one day down. Now I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And then you set, okay, maybe it's breakfast, maybe it's lunch. Maybe it's, I, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I said it Sunday, unless you do it with the wrong heart. God is looking at our heart tonight. Amen? Think about this. If you approach this fast, here's what I want you to think about. 
with an intentional reduction, a deliberate abstinence to summon a movement of God in your life. Okay, you're saying, I want less of this. I want to open God's, God's power in my life. Then a fast creates a dimension in your life that only God can bring in. You're saying less of this, more of God. How can that not please the Lord? Right? How can that time aside not please it, please that person? The best, one of the best medicines you can do is fast. It's good for your body. It's something that, that's proven. I mean, I could throw this out, and some of you blessed people tonight, some of you blessed people, I will not mention names, uh, do not need to fast. Okay? You really don't. You don't need it. But here's a benefit. For most of the population, fasting has a benefit of losing weight. You'll lose some weight fasting. It's a good thing. Amen. God bless you people that need to gain weight. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Sorry, that's just a, something I wish I could fix. I wish you could just go sit next to him and like transfer. You need fat? I got it. Amen. You, want, you need body fat? You can't gain weight? I got you. Let's do a transfer. Amen. Couple verses to close up tonight. I want to go to Joel again, if you would. We're there Sunday, and I want to finish in Joel. Hold that there. Write a couple verses down as you go to Joel. I'll give you just a second to get there. The the benefit that you get out of this praying and fasting for 21 days is going to be totally dependent on the heart that you do it with. Cannot say that enough. And and the benefits are going to be amazing. But if you just have the right heart about it, what does that mean? That means don't get to the place where you're like, man, I got to do this. I got to do this. Don't, don't do it that way. Do it the way of I get to do this. I get to, you know, Paul mentioned at the offering the sacrifice. Every time you start feeling weak, every time you start feeling like you're going to die or you start feeling a headache or whatever, just think about what Jesus went through. This is nothing compared to what Jesus went through. Just, if we could just share. Now, this isn't something that, again, I want to remind you this. This isn't something that makes God love us more. Can I say that again? Has everybody got that? That Fasting and praying doesn't make God love you more. He already loves you. It just draws you closer to Him. It just opens up doors because it's obedience. But we're not doing it so God will love us more or, or any of that. We're doing it out of obedience. And because we do it out of obedience and because we do it with the right heart, his, his nature is to bless. His nature is to break chains. His nature is to do the things that we're praying for. But the heart condition is everything. David in Psalms 35, 13, just write it down. I want to stay in Joel, said this. And my prayer would return to my own heart. He said, I humbled my soul with fasting. David said, I humbled my soul. One of the things fasting will do is it'll humble you. It'll keep you, it'll humble you, it'll get you to a state of, of, of absolute dependency. So he says, I humbled myself with fasting, Psalms 35, 13, and he says, and that my prayer would return to my own heart. So he's saying, I've always got a heart condition I need to work on. Fasting is going to fix my heart. It's going to fix some areas in my life that need to be fixed. Amen. We want God to do things and, and, and we want him to move. But in the spiritual realm, some things are only going to happen through praying and fasting. Some things will never change if you don't pray and fast. So hopefully this 21 days is not only for a lot of benefit and all that, but in June and August 
and November, you're going to remember as you're facing a situation in your life that just seems like you're hitting the wall, you're going to remember and say, you know what? I, I, I've, got to, I've got to go on a fast because this isn't, this isn't changing. I, and, and you'll learn to, to know that a fast will change things. I have never, ever in my life fasted for anything and not, and not been changed and never met anybody who went on a fast and didn't see change. I mean, it's 100%. You're going to get something out of it. Um, exa- one example I want to give right before I f- close out in, 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 in uh, Jonah is, is uh, not Jonah, jo- Joel. I'm going to Jonah. When Jonah wanted to, was told to go preach, and he didn't, and the whole situation happened where Nineveh uh, was, was supposed to be preached to, there was a fast that happened that changed. It says in uh, Jonah 3, verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God, which we all do, and proclaimed a fast, and it says that they proclaimed a fast from the greatest to the least, meaning everybody did it. If we know the story of Nineveh, the entire city was, was saved. What a challenge. Can you imagine if Jesus could change, save the whole city of Denton through this prayer and fast? I mean, if he did it for Nineveh, he can do it for us. Can you imagine if Jesus changed your entire family through this fast? Can you imagine if Jesus just brought a, a revival that we can't even contain because everybody from the grace to, greatest to the least says, I'm going to be a part of this and I'm going to fast. And they said, we're going to humble ourselves before God. Now, this is a powerful point right here. Jonah 3.10 says that they repented and they fasted and God withdrew his wrath. So, so Nineveh was, was going to be destroyed, and because they prayed and they fasted, Nineveh was removed, the wrath of God was removed. And listen, it says, God saw their works that they turned, and God repented of the evil that he said he would do to them, and he did it not. God, that, fasting can change even the wrath of God. I mean, think about our nation tonight. We know that our nation deserves wrath right now, just how we've turned from the Lord. A fast can churn, change the wrath of God on a nation. Don't, don't, real, don't think that this is not a humongous thing. I want you to write down for time this, and I'm not going to read it tonight, but if you write down Psalm 69, verses 10 to 18, and maybe read that tonight or read it during this time, read it during this week. I don't want to go there, but it's a great prayer. Now, we're not into reading, you know, prayer, making that our prayer, but you can read prayers, but it's not that you do it with a vain repetition and you do the same one all the time, but that's a great model to praying in in Psalm 69, verses 10 to 18, and I don't want to look at it tonight. I want to close up in Joel chapter 2 because there's a great promise in the word here. And actually go to Joel chapter 1. I mean, amen if you're there. How many, how many would agree with me tonight? We've been saying this for a long time that, that we're living in dark, dark times, spiritually. Spiritually. might not seem like it. The economy's good. A lot of things are good. But spiritually, we're living in dark times. Okay? And so there's darkness over the earth, much like the time of Joel, in the book of, the, uh, of Joel, when there was a darkness over the earth. And we need to decide tonight. Listen, this is where we decide, am I in darkness or am I in light? Now, as believers, we're in light, amen? And we have to continue to choose light. We have to continue to choose the Lord. Joel chapter 1, verse 10, and then 13 and 14 says, The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. 
And so it says, rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. He relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. That's awesome. A grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. We can change the way God thinks about us and our families and our jobs and our situations through praying and fasting. Amen? We can change. This can change things that seem unchangeable. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you have a family member. You have a neighbor, you have a friend, you have somebody that you want to see saved and you have got to the place that you say they're not able to change. They're not going to change. They won't change. They're impossible. And we all have somebody like that. Praying and fasting will change the impossible person that seems like they'll never change. Prayer and fasting will change them. You will see somebody change during these three weeks that you thought could never change. And it might be you might be me we might be the person that changes we might be the person that has the greatest revival in this place is me amen it's me i'm the one i I want revival to start with me when you pray and you fast you're starting a revival personally because you're saying i'm taking this serious and god's going to do great things now that was a picture of people without revival now we're going to go to joel chapter 2 And we're going to see a picture as we close of a people contending for revival. I'm challenging you tonight. I want us to see all kinds of things. I want want to see God bless your finances. I want to see God give you, uh, fulfill your dreams, desires of your heart, all that stuff. But I want us to see more than anything, I want us to see a revival. I want us to see something that gives God the glory, amen, something that seems impossible. I want to see people coming in and getting saved. I want to see people getting delivered. I want to see people getting set free. I want to see people, chains having chains broken off their lives. I want to see that in this place, amen. How many want to see it with me, amen? So we're going to contend for revival. We're going to contend for a great move of God. And Joel 2 Verse 12 and 15 says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. We're doing this as a fellowship. Remember tomorrow. Remember tomorrow when you're praying and you're fasting and you feel like you're the only one doing it. All across the world, people are doing this. What a powerful thought. Brothers and sisters in all kinds of nations tonight that you don't even know them, you don't know their language, you're praying in English or you're praying in tongues and they're praying in their language and they're praying in tongues, they're praying in, praying in Czech, they're praying in Lingala, they're praying in Swahili, they're praying in Spanish, they're praying in Russian, all over the world with the same exact purpose as us. What a powerful thought that is. You're not alone tomorrow. Even though we're not going to be together, we'll be at different places, we're not alone. Not just this church, but all around the world. And so 15 says, a call to everybody. We're not, we're not going to, uh, after this three weeks, do inventory. Hey, did you fast? Did you fast? Did you? F-? But we're calling everybody to accept this challenge. In some way, 
in some way. Some are going to do little. Some are going to do much. But do something. Do something to be a part of this. Don't look back after 21 days and see the miracles and say, man, I didn't have anything to do with that. You want to be able to see and hear the miracles, not just here, but all over the world, because we're going to be having videos from all over the world. We're going to be sharing stuff. Don't look at that after and say, man, I had a part of that. I prayed that in. I interceded for that. I, I made a sacrifice for that. Maybe, maybe God moves greater in another country than he moves here, but we'll know we had a part of it. Because all those pastors' names are at the end of that book that you're praying for, that you don't even know who they are, but you're going to get to see them in heaven someday. Wouldn't that be awesome for them to come up to you and say, man, we had a revival in Moscow, Russia, and we saw the most amazing move of God we've ever seen. And I know that you prayed for us and you had a part of that. Can I shake your hand? Can I give you a hug? Can I thank you? Because I know that you prayed for us. Amen. It's a powerful thing. Uh, Joel chapter 2. I'm going to read this just a few verses. I'm not going to read the whole thing since it's too long. But if you'll write down 18 to 26, close with this. I don't want to read it all. I'm going to go down to around... 23 or 24 where it says I don't have the verse here in my, in my notes where it says he will cause the rain to come down for you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month the threshing floors will be full of wheat the vats will overflow with new wine and oil and I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten the crawling locust the consuming locust the chewing locust my great army which I sent among you you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and this is awesome and my people shall never be put to shame Joel chapter 2 18 to 26 that's a picture of people in revival Father tonight thank you for this challenge thank you for these awesome people here tonight God who are accepting the challenge to pray for the next 21 days Lord to fast for the next 21 days Lord to seek your face Lord over the next 21 days in a way we never have before with a, with a consecration with a separation of ourselves from this world with, Lord with a seriousness that Lord we, we know that every move of God could be the last move of God Lord, we don't know what tomorrow holds. That's why we're going to take this one day at a time. That's why we know that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you want to move. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, you're doing a new thing in us tonight. And Lord, we're just getting started, and I can already sense and feel in the spiritual realm, God, that you're on the move that you're doing something tonight, that you're changing people tonight, that you're, you're challenging people tonight. You are transforming our way of thinking tonight. Lord, we're not doing this to be seen. We're not doing this for a pat on the back. We're doing this because we obey your word and know that when we abide in you, you will give us the desires of our hearts and you will do it what we ask. And Lord God, the first thing we want to ask through this whole 21 days is that you would change us and you would mold us into the people you want us to be and that we would be more like you every day 
and less like this world, less like ourselves and more like you. And Lord, as a fellowship and as a church, we would mature and we would grow and we would see your glory, Father. We thank you, Lord, for these powerful truths tonight and all that you're going to do as heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this place. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, you can know him tonight by saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I failed you. I've fallen short. Romans says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But the gift of God tonight is eternal life by putting our faith in what he did on the cross for us. How many in this place tonight could say, you know what, I am not saved. I need to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. The Spirit of God is touching my heart tonight. I don't know where I'd go if I passed into eternity tonight. I don't know where I'd spend eternity. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just just this week I heard of a story just right around here on the 31st, right over on 380 of a man that was a security guard worker and his, his, his co-worker who worked together all the time were driving down 380 and one, the, one man in his 50s uh, slid and hit ice and hit the median and wasn't hurt but the man behind him who was a younger in his 20s friend got out to go check on him and as he was walking to the car to check on the man that was in his 50s a car came across from the other lane and killed him in his 20s with two kids just like that passed into eternity it's just we just don't know what tomorrow holds I, I, I thank God as, as I say that that we canceled service that day that's exactly what I would have not been able to handle if someone would have had that happen to them that day we don't know what tomorrow holds but we know who holds tomorrow and that's God be honest with the Lord tonight and say pastor would you pray for me I'm not saved just put your hand up and say pray for me tonight I want to be saved all over this place I want Jesus to come into my life. This isn't about religion or church membership. It's about a relationship. That's me. God bless you. How many more can say, that's me? Maybe you're here and you've known the Lord at some point in your life, but you need to rededicate. That's me. Amen. I don't know your heart tonight, but the Lord knows it. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're going to sing a song. We're going to close. Don't, don't take for granted the time at this end of every, end of every service. Because now it's decision-making time. Praying.